This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good morning. I'm Father Brian Christensen. I'm Karen Gibis. This is Real Presence Live from Rapid City, South Dakota. We're broadcasting high above Cathedral Drive in the St. John Vianney broadcast booth. I love it. A.K.A. Father Brian's office? <laughs> yeah, my office. Well, it's great to be here. We're here with uh, Jim Kenyon, the the director for Catholic Social Services. And um, Catholic Social Services just does an amazing job uh, here um, in the Black Hills area, across western South Dakota, and, and now with uh, the Trinity um, Services uh, for mm-hmm. adoption, just doing an amazing thing across the whole state of South Dakota. Yeah. It's come a long way, Jim, since you uh, signed on. You know, it's been a few years. I never would have believed that 30 years after I started, and it'll be 30 years this July. Okay. Um, the bishop wouldn't get smart enough to run me off. <laughs> but uh, it has been an incredible run, and it's a great gift to come back. This is my home parish and home diocese, and what a great opportunity to bring life and, and, and to... To expand the vision and mission of, of Catholic Social Services and so many who help support that mission. It's just, it's it's astounding. It really Can you is. talk about some of the changing needs or the growing needs that we see, especially yeah. with regard to mental health issues? Yeah. You know, it, there, it, I, I, I've been saying this for about two years. If anyone would have explained to me that being a mental health provider would put me in one of the most demanding um, fields in the nation, I would have laughed. You know, even ten years ago, I would have not believed that that would be real. But I can totally tell you that every single mental health um, program in our, not only in in the in the diocese here, not only in our listening area here, but throughout the nation, there is an absolute surge in need for mental health, and no one is able to find staff. I mean, literally, in about a year and a half, I went from having seven outpatient mental health providers. Um, one of whom was the clinical director, to two. And then I'm being, I've been the clinical director for 18 months, and I haven't had a single qualified applicant apply for the job in 18 months. And, and literally the waiting list for us, as well as pretty much every mental health center in our entire region, and I can tell you, I just came back from Catholic Charities USA national meeting nationally, is completely overwhelmed. And the great resignation has hit in waves. I mean, just to give you an example, that I serve on the on the on the Catholic Church USA DAS and director council directors, and 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 literally over over half of the Catholic Charities directors have retired or left the field in the past two years. So the kinds of things that are coming at us in terms of needs, the demands in the field, and the inability to find people to fill those voids to address issues. And, you know, we've all dealt with serious mental health issues for years and years and years, so that's nothing unusual. But the intensity of those needs is so notched up um, that, that it's amazing. Um, and and so um, the suicides are up nationwide. We just set a record 198 suicides last year in western South Dakota. That was a number following a, a, in a three-year period where we saw a 40% increase in suicide across the state. Um and in the state of South Dakota, we're twice as apt to have our young people under the age of 25 commit suicide as the national average. Twice as much. Twice as much in West, in South Dakota, in South Dakota, as the na- national average. So, generally speaking, most people don't know this. Young adults and teens have a lower rate than the general population. 
That is clearly not the case in the Midwest here. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's happening to our families and what's happening to our kids um, is something that I wouldn't have even imagined. I mean, I have headhunters looking for my staff and looking for myself on a regular basis. So we're under we're in as much demand as the nursing field, mm-hmm. um, which is just it's just it's just amazing. Is there some? I'm just I'm just curious uh, with regard to this great need, both in the you know religious based you know mental health services and secular mental health services. I mean, I mean, is there some kind of initiative? I mean, kind of trying to promote. Um, a, a core, almost like you know, like this yeah. recruitment to, to educate and to form and to to send out into the field uh, on the part of states or, or federal government or ha- happening in, in various ways in various levels. I mean, I, literally, we have got a w- local foundation, J.T. Vakurovich Foundation, John T. Vakurovich Foundation, that is actually funding most of our local mental health centers here, offering stipends and four hundred dollar. Or four, up to $4,000 compensation for people that are entering the field, helping us actually defray the costs for having to have people to do supervision. Um, and, and so definitely, and I would say nationwide, there's, there's many efforts, I think, to try and figure out what we do to address this. But, you know, as important as all that is, what our listeners need to know is that the way of the family is the way of our society. And as families are deteriorating, we're trying to find many other institutions to try and fill those voids in those roles of providing meeting direction and and support. Mm -hmm. And the critical role that many of our institutional organizations, like our churches and our faith communities, have filled to address that are are under siege, one, and and I think um, in some ways struggling to reach out to that that new generation. Right. for them to have meaning or purpose or direction, um, to have a sense that they're needed or called or valued or important in a culture that's not embracing life is really the cause of this. You, when, you, when you start saying marriage across the United States has decreased 62% since 1970. Illegitimate birth has gone from 6% to 40%. Literally what we're talking about is the destabilization of the what we call that, that fiber, the, the fiber of society that holds it together, that domestic church that you're talking about, when those things fall apart, poverty ensues, f- dysfunction ensues, mm-hmm. high school dropouts, mm-hmm. lack of empathy, all those other things result from this. You know, it's such a, I mean, it, it seems like it's such a basic message and it's so painfully obvious, I think, to, you know, to us as Catholics and men and women of faith and, and other people of faith that see this um, core unit of marriage and then family life as this sacred place of life, of formation, of belonging, of love, of healing, of reconciliation. And, and you can see when that breaks apart, my identity, my direction, my self-worth, my value mm-hmm. starts to deteriorate, you know, and some people come through it, right? But so many of us are burdened by the effects that this have. And, um, you know, and we see that nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, but a lot of people in the public sphere don't really address this. They're always treating the symptoms and not the cause. And that's part of the reason why in some ways we've refocused and repurposed and re, re, reevaluated what we're trying to be about. Because as an agency, we're chasing a lot of symptoms. 
no question poverty is 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 much higher in single parenthood and so we're doing everything we can do to like program up to give parents an education so that they have a meaningful way to provide for their families marriage matters stepping back saying what can we do to solidify there's no resource in our community covid literally took out Retrovi and engage encounter out of our diocese and out of many areas throughout mm-hmm. the Midwest. They have not re- resuscitated. So trying to figure out how can we at least offer something to, to for, for families of faith, whether they be Catholic or Christian, to begin to help reimburse them in what they're about and provide practical kind of aids to assist them in their role of, as, as husband, father, and to understand what their mission is. Um, you know, um, what, what we're trying to do to strengthen families that have adopted children with special needs through the Trinity Adoption Program. We've got to find some ways to solidify that unit because without that unit, we're chasing our tails. Yeah. And we're, we're dealing with addiction and mental illness, and we're dealing with violence in our society. Um, and the reality is the civilization of love and the connection with our parishes is vital for the long-term recovery of our society. And we have to say to our young people, marriage matters. Yeah. Yeah. Marriage matters. Cohabitation is not going to get you a fulfilled life. Yeah. Yeah. We have to begin to stay on message and also focus and looking. So if there's anybody in their audience out there that's looking for a job to work for an agency that's going to fully embrace the church's vision of what marriage and family life is about, please apply. (laughs) Right. Doors open. We are looking for you because we know you're the life in Levin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I love I love the direction of uh, uplifting parents. I love the Trinity adoption. I love marriage matters. I love some of these proactive things to go at the very core of it. But you're also treating, as you said, many of the symptoms. What are some of those programs that you're you're looking for uh, or offering to the community? You know, just a few. We offer like mental health first aid. We've got a wonderful young lady, um, Dominique, who works for us, who I think came to the parish here and did some training, and that yeah. is to recognize that. Because most of our mental health agencies are, are at max, we have to teach those people that are going to interface with those people in mental health crisis, substance abuse, or those families who have children with special needs to figure out how do we support and educate them so that they can do CPR, right? So that they can figure out how to help families just with genuine presence and care, compassion and support, and make clear that we're not looking to chase everybody out of the church, Right. And QPR, Suicide Prevention Education. We'll do it anywhere, anytime, for free. Um, As a pro-life church, we have no choice but to say, this demands a response from our church institution. We will go to any public school, private school, church, or organization in western South Dakota to communicate to young people and adults how can we help people access the services they need when they're in a critical phase so that they survive that and they become that great gift to the broader community that they're called to be. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking with Jim Kenyon, fired up director. (laughs) I told you this isn't going to heat up. Fired up director of Catholic Social Service here in Rapid City, South Dakota, serving uh, Western South Dakota and also through Trinity Adoption Services, the whole state of South Dakota, talking about the mental health crisis and issues and ways that we're addressing that. We'll be back with Jim right after the break on Real Presence Live. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? 
This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Are you here? Yeah. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Gibbs. I'm Father Brian Christensen. We're broadcasting high above 520 Cathedral Drive in the St. John Vianney Broadcast Booth. Sitting around, lounging in your office. It's beautiful. We're here with uh, the director for Catholic Social Services, Jim Kenyon. And we've been talking about uh, the mental health crisis, I think we could say. I don't think you... I don't think we could understate it or overstate no. it, perhaps, I guess, uh, that there's a real need out there. And that, I often think, you know, um, you know, there's certain, certain aspects of it, it seems to me, um, that require an amazing amount of professional and background. It seems to me also that part of it, part of it is um, a renewed relationship with God and, 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 and finding a community, like real authentic relationships or, or friendships, you know, that people are just feeling out there on their own and that, that isolation and that loneliness that seeps in. Um, and I think we all experience loneliness. I'm not saying that that's a mental health issue. That, but what do I do with that loneliness? Where do I go? Where do I find um, acceptance? Where do I find belonging? Um, where am I welcomed and, and known and loved? And I think you know, renewing our life of faith with the Lord um, and renewing authentic relationships. But I think that kind of for me is the rub. You know, like 
how do you get people back into these um, fundamental relationships of our human condition? And I would say a fundamental relationship with God, fundamental relationship with others. I, I just think, you know, uh, about how people recover from addictions, right? It's, they're directed back to a higher power, right? For us, it's Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, triune God, directed to a higher power, and then they're inserted into a community that supports them, encourages them, says, I know what you're going through, and I'm with you, I'm going to walk you through this, you can do this. Uh, and so it's amazing to me that, you know, in, they're not professionals, they're not trained professionals in most addiction groups, they, there are addiction treatment facilities and all that kind of stuff, but the long run is a higher power and friendships. And, and I just want to, like, how, what do you, how do you guys kind of face that and deal with that? Yeah, you know that's uh, those are those are really, um, you know, it, and 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 like I say, I mean, it, sometimes you we think that, that what's required is some real sophisticated, you know, license and counseling degree and and all these kind of things that, that is required for us to be of assistance and aid to one another. And and there are certainly different levels of need, right? You know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm I'm bringing mentoring two new interns. They're just fantastic young ladies and very excited to have them and we actually have an increased capacity to do some of that to, to connect with people who are seeking services and that's a great thing um but you know largely they come out of secular institutions and 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 largely they come in you know frequently without a great faith formation experience and background now in this case i've got some exceptions i got some really outstanding exceptions that i just a beautiful thing to watch them mature and, and grow um but, you know, I sat through a mental health um, clinical director's training here last week coming out of the University of Minnesota. And 350 people, and these are people who are, who are licensed professionals who are providing supervision for, their, for, for, the, for the future in the mental health field. And, and literally what I was listening to was so antithetical. Uh, you know, and and the answers to the questions of what is the purpose and meaning of life, and what is truth, and what are we called to be about in life, are questions that I can see they haven't spent much time seriously reflecting on, which is literally frightening. And and I'm not saying that I theologize or slam Bible verses at people who are struggling through depression, or think that uh, you know, be anyone that has anxiety lacks faith. That that's not true. We all struggle with. What you talk about alienation in the human condition—that's reality. Um, but the but the failure to understand what it is to be human—it um, it, it you know it would be like trying to fix an internal combustion engine or car without without understanding the the that engine. I mean, it's impossible. So if you don't start out with a basic understanding of what it is that you're operating on. How how do you fix that? Well, yeah, if you're, tr- I mean, uh, <laughs> like with, when we talk about physical health, I know I know what you know a healthy eye looks like. My eye doctor does, it, like my ophthalmologist does, and and she works to correct that so I can yeah. see clearly. Right, right. But uh, if you're talking about mental health, and I don't know what healthy, yeah, um, human person looks like. Mentally, emotionally, right. spiritually, like what am I? What is this person aiming? What am I trying to get you to? What's the health look like? Yeah, and 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 so what you are talking about is is basically very often um, those of us that do come with a basic understanding who experience compassion and love in our family life, mm-hmm. who understand what it is to listen to and to be present with, who understand what it is to to um, 
to be responsive to other people's needs and not codependent and sick way, but in a healthy way, you know, that have boundaries and limits. Um, you know, very often, that's why mental health first aid, just helping us get comfortable with the reality of loving one another and to do what really the best mental health guide in the planet is, is the gospels. Yeah. Well, I want to, <laughs> I want to go down that road with you because you did mention that, uh, Dominique, uh, Dominique from your office, um, is doing this, uh, mental health, uh, first aid. Right. Um, it sounds, and, uh, and it's a great program. We did it here at the cathedral. Um, we ran, you know, our whole staff through it. It's an intensive, uh, program. Uh, but I think it was really enlightening one for our own personal mental health amongst ourselves, like to be aware of certain things that are underlying our own attitudes and our own behaviors, uh, how we work as a team actually, right? Uh, just kind of being aware of some of these things that are, are working on us, but also because we're here at the church, whether you're the custodian or maintenance guy, whether you're the liturgist, whether you're the front office lady or the accountant and bookkeeper here, you're dealing with people who come to us. Um, and as Pope Francis says, you know, the field hospital uh, of the world here, every parish is a field hospital out in the midst of this um, trauma, this ongoing drama of salvation. And so um, we all, I think, gain tremendously from it. Could you just a little talk about what uh, Dominic, Dominique does? You know, first it just helps, you know, it helps introduce people to how to assess, identify and recognize and then provide just basic support. And then secondly, to know when you're in over your head and where local resources are to refer and connect people to. And to recognize that, you know, you're, you're, you're not coming in with mental health first aid to become a, a mental health therapist. You're coming as a compassionate person who cares about others who are struggling, trying to support them in their in their process of recovery. Yeah, there's another wonderful program actually through the Augustine Institute called Sanctuary. Hmm. Um, very Catholic in its orientation. Um, Dr. Gray and I had a great conversation about that, and it's online. And I mean, parishes could offer this on a weekly basis to help form and inform and to help our parish communities realize we are called to be light in the world. Um, that, that we don't just evangelize behind the walls after the church bell rings. Um, that we're called to reach out to the, our neighbors and our brothers and sisters in need with throughout our community. And, and to help us get a little comfortable and a little bit knowledgeable about that is. Because unfortunately, I think we're living in a time where we do some, see some outrageous violent behavior going on in some of our schools and our parishes. We have firebombing of some of our, um, presenta- uh, our pregnancy centers. Crazy stuff, just mm-hmm. crazy stuff. Um, and pretty soon we start thinking of anyone that's struggling as sort of the enemy. And we all want to jump immediately to Alice training. How about jumping into to, to responding um, uh, like St. Vincent de Paul? Yeah. Recognizing this is my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ. That this family is struggling with a kid who has ADHD. And how do I support and care about them? Yeah. Um, th- those kind of rootings are the fundamental things that help us. You know, you, you bring up a great point. I mean, here at the parish, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, you know, uh, coming up on 23 years as a priest, my finishing my fifth year as pastor here at the cathedral, and one of the things that we've noticed is that we have been speaking to the parish and to families as if they're homogenous, right? So this is the program for first reconciliation, and this is the program for first communion. This is the program for confirmation. And why are you guys not towing the line, if you will, right? To uh, be a little bit crude about it. Uh, Well, there 
the stresses and the strains that are in families, um, the challenges in marriage, the health issues, mental health issues that are going on that not everybody's just, they're not homogenous. They're not all the same. They're not all coming from the same place. They're coming here as people of faith, but with their woundedness and their struggles and their Mm -hmm. challenges and their Mm -hmm. trying. And so, um, yeah, we've really taken a try to take a different perspective. Like, okay, this is the norm, but how can we help you? in your particular circumstances, in your situation, right? (laughs) And walk with you. And and we're finding people in the parish who are willing to do that. Like, we have many, I would say, exceptions to the norm. And we're walking with them. And, I mean, we'll have confirmations or first communions or first reconciliations just kind of randomly throughout the year because people are like, uh, why didn't they do that in May? I said, hey, don't worry about it. They're ready now. And here they are. So, so yeah, so I, I think from our perspective as a church to be understanding and compassionate and not to like, it's not the enemy. They're not just lazy Catholics. They're struggling people of faith and they need the support of their pastor and, and, uh, and the whole community to walk with them. And just to give you an example, yesterday um, I texted Father Matt, a wonderful young woman who did some pretty gracious things and is in, in our juvenile service center here, is asking for confession. And to text Father Matt, and to know that Father Matt has the heart mm-hmm. to go in to a young woman who might have been involved in a murder when she was 14 years of age, and to try and figure out how to help reconcile her to God, and to have an outreach from our parish that responds to her, that sees and understands that she probably didn't grow up well within the norm. That's what the church is called to be about. Yeah. And it's a privilege to be a part of a church that understands that. And while we all have different gifts and talents, there's no question that Christ is the answer to all that ails us, and there's no question that he calls us to be part of that aid. Well, Jim, thanks uh, for your time here this morning. So many good things in uh, happening at Catholic Social Services and within the church in Western South Dakota and across our listening area. Uh, people want more information. What's your website that they can go to? Um, CSSRapidCity.com. Yeah. CCS. CC. Catholic Social Services. Catholic Social Services. RapidCity.com. Yeah. If we didn't get that, Kristen would, like, you know, have my head. So, good. So, we got the website. You can Google Catholic Social Services, Rapid City, South Dakota. Thank you, Jim. We'll be back after the break. Real Presence Live.